Welcome everyone back to a special bonus episode of Screenplay Rewind. I'm Jeff. I'm Ron. And instead of our typical format, we figured we'd have a little bonus episode, which we expect to not go as long as we usually do, which means this mm. one will probably only be an hour and a half instead of three. Right. So that's a, that's a mini by our standards. But uh, we want to talk about Wonder Woman 84. This is a movie that we were both very excited to uh, see. We both love the first one. We will be going into full spoilers right from the get-go. So you've got a month uh, from the time of release to watch it on HBO Max. So if you have not seen it yet, I would recommend uh, sign up for a free trial or something and going and checking it out before we're listening. And despite the mixed reviews it has gotten i still recommend people go ahead and watch it if they have hbo max because what the fuck else are you going to watch like shit if I you mean, already have hbo max it's literally you costing have... you nothing additional yeah it, it costs you two hours what is it, like two hours and 20 minutes something like that and it's like there's nothing else going on in the world so you uh, might as well just watch it two hours uh, 31 minutes this movie is fucking baffling to me dude <laughs> i I was so I was watching this movie right on Christmas Day, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Well, this is kind of dumb." <laughs> and then I watch the movie. I'm just you know I'm just kind of like bored. I'm just like watching it. It's it's fine. You know it's it's not like offensive to me. So I'm just like, "This is fine." You know I, I didn't like hate my life as I was watching it like I did during Rise of Skywalker. But uh, <laughs> uh-huh. as soon as the movie hit credits, and my brain clicked at all what i just watched i was like huh that was really fucking dumb (laughs) and i don't hate this movie this movie ain't good bro like so kind of bad when i say i enjoyed this movie i enjoyed the first movie the way i enjoy like one of the avengers movies right like endgame or something something in one of the intense ones I enjoyed this one the way that I enjoyed like the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie or <laughs> Venom or it, it, it feels like a 90s superhero it movie. It feels like a 90s superhero it's, movie. In in the like the worst ways possible. Like I and, thought Kristen Wiig was gonna become Electro by the way they started her out. I just thought she was gonna become Electro for some reason. I was like, this is weird. By the way, I'm super glad that that one person on Twitter <laughs> made that collage <laughs> of Jamie Foxx's Electro. Yeah, uh, I, I think I had seen it before you'd send it to me. But so the, <laughs> someone made a collage um, of the most specific trope in superhero movies that needs to fucking stop. And it had it's like a Uma Thurman. Of, and yeah, it, it would also. I think it all traces back to Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Probably because like, they, they have these fucking characters. They have fucked up hair and nerdy big glasses and they act like a goofball and they're awkward and then as soon as they get their you know quote-unquote superpowers or whatever they turn into like the sexy like you know like super badass or you know like whatever and it's just like i'm I'm so glad that someone pointed that out because maybe it'll stop now because it really needs to stop it really it's, needs to stop it is br- it is such a brutal trope because like okay what i want to start with on this is mm-hmm. I was super bummed out about this just because of how much I liked the first movie. Cause I also really fucking liked the first movie. First movie. And, and I think back to the first movie and it's like, you have this awesome world war one movie that just happens to be starring a superhero. 
and you're fighting Ares, the fucking god of war, who has, you know, like kind of spurned all of these horrible events in history. And he's kind of like, a, a, did you enjoy that? I thought I was the only person that liked the Ares spin. I had, yeah, I actually liked their. I've their, never heard the, anyone else say, like, everyone always says that it's a good movie up until Ares. And I'm like, why? He's a fucking Justice League villain. He's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, people, people. people they straight up told reason, you at the beginning of the movie that he's the villain. <laughs> people, for whatever reason, have like a big problem with the Wonder Woman uh, third act in the it. first one. And and people complain about it because it's like, well, it just turns into a big CGI explosion fest where, the, the, where Wonder Woman fights the bad guy. Movie. Every superhero movie ends that way. Every superhero movie ends in a big screen, green screen. Like, what else are they going to do? Are they just going to like Did talk they not in the go movies see Endgame? Did they forego yeah. Endgame? And it, like the the last fucking hour of Endgame is just a giant fucking green, green room with a thousand characters fighting Thanos and his and his dudes. Like, which I, by I the way, it. aren't even all on set at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just I just don't no, get it. The, but so okay. Well, the last thing I will say about the Ares thing because I know different movie, but it, the first movie is not just a superhero movie. It's also um, Clash of the Titans, right? They're Greek gods fighting it out in World War One on a tarmac. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I didn't really get that either. Uh, now, like, I do agree that the first and second act of Wonder Woman are probably better than its third act, but that doesn't make it bad by default, yeah, just by, exactly. by comparison. Like, it turned into a different movie, but that movie was still good. And and it's it's appropriate for the genre. Okay, so th- this was the, the one of the first things that like really rubbed me the wrong way about this movie too. What's the significance of 1984 in this film run? Zero, zilch, nothing. It is a completely irrelevant setting for it. Uh, people praise the first. Even... People praise the first one so much for being set in World War One instead of World War Two that they they just picked another time period you don't see a lot of a lot of stuff set in anymore and i guess 1984 I, I think, I is a very specific year for some reason which is really weird because it, it's uh the fact that it's in 1984 is so hollow it's such a hollow setting for this movie uh and for it, whatever it's almost reason, like a they, ready player one type move right just nostalgia button over and over like remember fanny packs it's you know, just weird you know they, <laughs> it's not only a hollow setting but they decided to make it integrated into the title which confounds me even more but okay so this is uh and i want to just compare it back to wonder woman one and you'd mentioned this movie felt like a 1984 superhero movie Uh, i I think you disrespect (laughs) superhero movies from the 80s because holy shit i'd rather be watching superman 2 than the toxic avenger the toxic avenger so uh world war one was not picked just to be different uh, the writers of the first movie specifically like set the movie in World War One for a reason because World War One actually like sets up the theme of the film because Wonder Woman One is all about in in the face of you know bleak circumstances choose humanity and with World War One it is the most brutal war in history yes. And, you know, they have like you have guys, you know, using mustard gas on each other. And, you know, it's it's a very because World War Two wouldn't really work as a setting for the theme they were going for, because World War Two was pretty much good guys versus the bad guys. You know, 
it, there you have a clear cut you know the nazis are obviously evil and you have a good guy and a bad guy side world war one was a little bit more gray world war one you know it wasn't just the germans that were using mustard gas the, you know the british started using all right well uh 2020 strikes again that uh, ron's obs crashed the middle of the episode so uh, rip jeff's train of thought but um don't i believe anything. our obs is almost as much of a train wreck as wonder woman 1984 okay so my train of thinking if i recall correctly i was saying that world war ii would not have been a good choice for the setting of the first movie because they needed to be world war one because she's supposed to be presented with the fact that like all humans are both good and bad right like, we all have that aspect within us like five months into world war one like a lot of people don't know this there was an unofficial christmas truce yep like there's a song about it there's it's just crazy that you know the most brutal war in history in its first few months had a christmas truce and and that's kind of that's kind of like the humanity theme within the first movie. So you have like this wonderful setting that perfectly matches the theme that it's going for. And with Wonder Woman 2, we're just going to throw it in the 80s because fuck it. There is there is no like they don't, they don't even use an 80s soundtrack, really. There's like one 80s song. The only thing I could think of for the 80s setting is the oil crisis. Did that start around 84 ish? Was that it was mid 80s, right? I thought it was in the seventies, but I, I there was another one. On. There was more than okay. one. And that's another thing. So it's like in the first movie <laughs> where our setting is World War One and we're fighting the god of war. And in the sequel, we're fighting an oil tycoon with a magic wishing rock. Uh-huh. What? What? So someone's a big Wishmaster fan. How did the how is it like how did this get past the dry race board in the writer's room? I don't get it, dude. Like how did no one realize, Hey, the magic wishing rock is kind of lame. Oh, and the, oh, the oil tycoon. Like this, this sounds like the fucking tail end of the Christopher Reeve Superman films. Not like a modern $200 million DC, like, you know, superhero epic, you know, right. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. I guess so, we did kind of have a kryptonite reference in there, huh? The the beginning of the movie is so Richard Donner Superman like just the tone the 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 music swells and they're like because Jeff Johns uh, he co-wrote this movie with with Patty Jenkins and yes. I fucking love Jeff Johns as a comic book writer Jeff Johns should not be writing screenplays <laughs> I can almost guarantee you the wishing rock idea came from Jeff Johns because that's a type of story element that yeah, I didn't know if it accept. was I didn't know if it would have been him or that uh, David Callahan. Yeah, I was talking to you about in the green room because he wrote. Uh, he was one of the writers on this movie as well as Patty, Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns, and he wrote Doom, The Expendables, Godzilla 2010. Um, he wrote. He did uh, a production rewrite apparently on the original Ant Man movie. He did Zombieland Double Tap. Anything that people have hated pretty much, with the exception <laughs> of Ant Man, his name is attached to. Yeah, it's just I I this is so the wishing rock MacGuffin is a story element that people would accept in a comic book. They don't accept it in like a modern superhero movie. Like the bar has been raised. The fucking 
Batman Begins in the Dark Knight and Iron Man and Endgame and all these like fantastic movies have happened. Like Endgame is like the most perfect time travel movie based on actual factual science of how we think time travel works. And we got a wishing stone. <laughs> and it's like how did and since I can't blame a certain person, I have to blame all of them because somebody should have sat back and like realized, guys, we can't do this. It's a bad idea. Like I feel like part of it is everybody hated the Ares stuff. So well, we can't do that. We can't have a big climactic CGI they did it fight anyway. scene. Uh, they kind of anyway. did they? they fucking, I mean, kind of. They did with Cheetah. They just kept it. They kept it in the dark. <laughs> they did it again, but they actually made you know it why the they kept it in the dark, right? About in the first one, yeah, because the CGI was bad. Yep. How was this movie like? This movie looks like shit. It's in a, so many situations. I don't understand. It is easily a two hundred and fifty million dollar movie, Jeff. Like, why the, does it look like garbage? The first movie looked better. Uh-huh. And the crazy and the crazy thing about it. This movie was originally supposed to come out in theaters in May, so they they had more time to work on the CGI. Uh-huh. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. There's scene, there's like there's scenes where Wonder Woman is meant to be running in an action sequence, like one of the major action sequences, and she looks like she's just floating. Yeah, like it, she's she, on like, a dolly. They, they didn't even they didn't even have her on like running on like a treadmill. Like it would have looked more realistic. Literally having her run on a treadmill. I'm, I'm willing. A- I'm willing to bet that someone was like, "You can't make her look like Flash because in the next thirty years we have a Flash movie that might come out." No, the movie's not ever happening. The movie's not ever something- happening. But I know someone yeah. said that you cannot have her look like Flash, even though it's perfectly acceptable to have Superman kind of look like Flash. Every- everyone gets to move fast. How you're going to move? <laughs> so I don't understand uh, uh- why it would be a big deal. But while we're talking, Wishing Rock. <laughs> the- this- <laughs> This movie's this movie had some stones, in- Jeff. No, it didn't really did not. <laughs> this this movie's internal logic when it comes to that stupid fucking rock is is insane to me. Okay, so you're telling me this magical wishing rock can magically raise walls in Egypt all the way around the city, but we can't have it magically make a body for Steve Trevor. We have to kidnap this poor engineer guy. For two fucking weeks, he's fired from his job. His fucking family hasn't been able to get a hold of him in like two weeks. This fucking guy's whole life has been like all because and I don't think did he have a family? Well, they you don't they don't really talk about it. They talk about how he has pictures of himself, but like isn't that the implication though? The dude surely had like family. He didn't have like you know a wife and kids, parents, and he 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 had a job. He had parents. You have to assume because they don't specifically say. It. So, like this, this dude, like, just have the wishing rock make him a fucking new body. Why? Why is that the hill you're dying on? Like, I think that's supposed to be part of the monkey's paw thing. I think it's supposed to be monkey's paw. Is he's in a different body? Like, I didn't understand if you're going to do that, no, no, having no, the no, Chris no, Pine no. thing, but that and the immortality. That's not that's not the monkey's paw though. The monkey's paw with Trevor coming back is Wonder Woman losing her powers. Right, but I think part of it is supposed to be um just ditching him in some guy's body. So he's he the one of the confusing things is, you know, we're seeing him as she sees him so we can have Chris Pine as opposed to a different actor playing Steve Trevor. But, you it's know, anytime he looks so in a mirror, it's the other guy. 
it's just still fucking stupid and convoluted because they literally just could have had because they don't give a shit no because the whole part of the monkey's paw is that you're supposed to have like a negative reaction to it they have a negative reaction to uh obviously wonder woman losing her powers they don't give a shit Which, that they've kidnapped that dude i thought and, like, her powers slowly waning was interesting i would give them that yeah, because her uh, powers didn't just disappear like she's going on around being wonder woman and then all of a sudden like she gets shot and you're like wait what and then all of a sudden she's starting to have strength issues and like she just gets worse as the movie goes on i'll give them that one those parts were cool but they missed another like easy narrative thing where you know how uh cheetah's wish is she wants to be like diana why didn't they just have it where she was stealing her powers right like slowly because that makes that makes more sense. Like it does. this movie, this movie had so many ways to make the plot less convoluted, and in like every instance, did the opposite and made the movie like because like they never once established that uh, Pedro Pascal is going to be able to just yoink shit willy nilly because of the monkey's paw, and he just starts like, okay, so I did this and this and this, and he can like control the monkey's paw, and it's just like it just goes from like zero to 60 in half a second and they, i don't know they took richard donner superman rammed it with wishmaster and quantum leap and churned that out as a movie is what they did like it was someone who just loves those three things and wanted to make one movie <laughs> yeah yeah have you ever seen wishmaster because that's exactly not. what pedro pascal was Wishmaster is about a jinn, right, which we call a genie, but the actual demon jinn that is trying to free, like, all of his brethren from hell or this other dimension or something. He has no control over the wishes. Whatever you wish on him, it comes true, but he gets to determine what that wish is worth, and that's how he's getting what he wants. And he's doing the monkey's paw thing of like turning things on on people okay. and and all of that. And the person that ends up beating him realizes he has he's not the one actually. He's not in control of making the wishes happen. So she makes a wish in such a way that it gets rid of him because he has no power over the wish. He can only control what the price of the wish was, and that is yeah. basically where Pedro Pascal was. Yeah, uh, with I don't know what to make of the whole the the Pedro Pascal character seems to be like a big. He was my favorite character in it, besides Wonder Woman. He's, I thought he was like doing the best that he could, but they kept they kept trying to like ram pathos down my throat of like making me give a shit about him and his kid, and I just, I just don't because it was an they, asshole. We didn't like need every the kid. Turn. We didn't need they, the kid. They, they they try to make it out to be like like and you don't even see like his comeuppance at the end. You don't even see what really happens with his character. No, he nothing just, he happens randomly, to him. He randomly finds his kid in the middle of a forest outside the city, and he ha- he has a hug, and that's the end of his character. They don't ever talk about. He almost ended the fucking world, but he had a hug with his son. So now you know he, they're just they're just fine. Question mark. I don't know. Yeah, he's it's still just, a shit. Even if his son hugs, he's him. an asshole. Yeah, like, he's a complete prick. Yeah, and just because just because he like wants to make it up to his son, that doesn't, that doesn't there, you cannot tell me, you cannot tell me that his character is not based on Donald Trump. You cannot tell me. 
it de- it de- it depresses me that they even felt the need to do that. Like, I I don't want to be reminded of Donald Trump in my I fucking know. Wonder Woman movie. And it movie. says right here that uh, on Wikipedia that some people thought this movie was cliche, but other people praised it for its escapist qualities. I'm like, I was watching a whole movie about Donald Trump getting his every wish come true. <laughs> How is that escapist? Yeah, it's so it's so frustrating, and and. Like I was talking about. I mean, I'm sorry how, to take this that path, but you cannot tell me that that's not who you yeah, are. You you can't watch it and not be. Regardless, politics aside, you cannot tell me that's not who that was. Um, it, what's also really frustrating about it is, like I was saying, like they're trying to like this movie's artificially trying to like create pathos like all over the fucking place, which it came so natural in the first. Like I watched um the first Wonder Woman earlier today just to rewatch it because it'd been a while since I'd seen it. I did I didn't watch it before the before the sequel came out i just got around to doing it today and like the no man's land sequence like still almost makes me uh, tear up it did it's me so I, good I, so i watched this uh movie the night after i rewatched the first one and that was some shell shock but the it was uh, shell shock the, for me even having last <laughs> seen wonder woman one like two years ago but the no man's land scene is still i am a, a white dude that is rapidly careening towards middle age, and I felt fucking empowered still watching that scene. That scene it's, it's is so incredible. The and, sequence that follows it up, where she's like, oh, uh, saving the village, is fucking awesome too. Like nothing in in the sequel gets anywhere in that that realm at all. Yeah, and I just I just don't know what happened. Like I I I really think. I would probably be more forgiving of this movie's script problems if it had been rushed, but the Wonder Woman 1 came out three oh, years no, ago. Yeah. That's a standard. It came out three years ago, and they uh, greenlit this movie immediately, I think opening weekend yeah. of the first movie. Yeah, this movie had more than enough time for this to be made better and not have rushed shitty CGI, and I, I don't know what happened with the budget, if it was allocated incorrectly or what the fuck happened. They had more They had more time to fix shit, too, because of COVID. Like, right. And, and it's just baffling to me. I, I really think it has to be these the, the new writing team. Because I, I think what also probably helped the first movie is uh the first Wonder Woman was also kind of in development hell for a long, long time. Like it went through tons and tons of different incarnations. Like actually Joss Whedon was originally gonna write and direct it. I don't know if you're if you're aware of that. Hey, I have he, a question. Um, uh, not to derail you, but I was just thinking about something. What was the point of the first twenty minutes of this movie? Oh, the 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 oh the the mascara chase? Yeah. I don't fucking know. They try to make it out like it ties in with the theme of the film, which it doesn't. Because is it is it the they, cheating thing? Because she it, cheated. So here's the thing: they try to that's set not it a, up. That's not a one to one. Yeah, it's not at all. I, I thought the same wishing, thing. Wishing a, a dead person that it, it, you loved could come back is not the same as just cheating in a game. Y- yeah, they they try to make it out like that cheating is the one to one relation with the theme of the film, as far as like the wishing. The theme with the wishing is not cheating; it's selfishness versus selflessness. That's the, the, that's theme, the theme of the film. Yeah, the theme of the film should have either stuck with that or just be careful what you wish for, right? Like that could that could just as easily also because she made a wish, became mortal, 
Um, Cheetah made a wish, became a fucking animal, and Pedro Pascal, it was costing him his health to be granting these wishes. Um, and, and because he had uh, just become the stone, so it was something that like a mortal can't physically do without dying. Um, but, right. So I think also the, the the beginning sequence and the very end sequence, I think they were both written after the movie had already been completed. I think they were made just so that HBO Max could say that they had um, HDR Dolby Vision because those were the two sequences that were actually in the Dolby Vision and the, the interior part of the movie outside of the ending scene near Christmas, which obviously makes sense that it would be like a last minute edition because they wanted to tie it in with it releasing on Christmas Day. So I think that was released. I, I'm sorry. I think I think the Christmas scene at the very end near the credits was filmed within the past couple of months, and I think I think the opening Themyscira scene was filmed a few months ago when they they started because they they had to have known longer than when they told everyone it was going to be dropping for Christmas. You know, they probably knew for several right. months what they were going to do because of COVID and the way the COVID lockdown was trending. But um, I think I think that's also why it doesn't make any fucking sense because it was just kind of a throwaway thing to just to get them that that because i was excited when i i even texted you about it because hbo max this was the first time they launched dolby vision or you know uh, hdr and anything and it was for right. five minutes of the movie pretty much so that's a letdown because the, as soon as the movie switched i was like well that's a bummer <laughs> um yeah there was that and so the movie for no reason, it needs to be two and a half hours long. Oh, I know. This movie could have been easily an hour, hour and, and a half minutes. Yeah. And yeah. I want to know, do you remember? Because if memory serves me, Patty Jenkins was not originally attached to this film and then came back. Because I remember reading news about how she was there, she wasn't, and then she was. How much of it has to do with what we saw in the script and how much of the parts we liked was her when she came back? I, I never heard that. I thought she was always attached to it, like from the get go, but you could be right. Because I don't My I don't... understanding was everybody was like, Well, they've announced this movie, but they haven't talked about Patty Jenkins. And then like at some point they announced Patty Jenkins again. Um I th- I'm pretty sure I remember that. I know, it's been three fucking years, but uh da, 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 development i thought that i thought when they announced the film they announced it with her coming back but i could be as i know she it says here she signed for one film um so she wasn't initially attached just then but da, 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 2017 uh, yeah uh we would have to i would have to we would have to research, we'd have to do more I, research I, on I thought it. I, that's a thing that I remember, though. I don't know if it's right. It's a thing I remember. I, I remember re- a lot of my news podcasts being like, so they're talking about Wonder Woman, but no one has mentioned Patty Jenkins in a while. I, I think she had been... Because she has a screenwriting credit, so... Which I makes don't me know. wonder when she came back. I, I don't know. <laughs> she didn't I don't say, know. nope, just... throwing this out, throwing this out. And like you were talking about how like how long the movie is. She's in co- like Wonder Woman. I'm pretty sure is in costume one time in the first hour and a half, and it's just yep. like, what is happening? And again, they spend back to old style, uh, fucking, uh, superhero movies because they're always the superhero at the end, pretty much. Yeah, they spend so much fucking time with Cheetah, and I just couldn't give less of a shit about her character. Oh, uh, why did we need her? 
It's why was she even because a thing? she had to fight somebody in the third act, Ron. She had to fight someone in the dark and really, really she shitty can't CGI. Man- she can't punch Mando. The whole first movie is her against World War One German soldiers. <laughs> no, they have to have a third act where she fights someone in CGI, bro. But not because we don't want to repeat Ares. No, but they did. But they made it worse. They did. They just thought they just they just threw in the two Mando because like, hey, technically the final thing wasn't a CGI battle. Huh? <laughs> it was a speech. It was a speech. Yes. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and people complain about the ending of the first movie. Why? <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, you're welcome. I, if you I, if you complained about the end of the first movie, you're welcome from DC and Warner Brothers. It's it's such a weird it's such a weird thing. Like the, the, everything about this movie is just baffling to me, and it's not all like I love uh, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine together. I think they're awesome together, and in both movies, I think their their chemistry is really good. I think they they're their whole thing about having Steve randomly have to take a, okay, and like also they talk about how people like uh, I, I think they talk about towards the end of the movie where people aren't gonna remember shit for whatever reason, or they do so. Did that dude not just have a complete panic attack when he looked looked at a fucking calendar and he's like, where have I been the past 10 days? <laughs> I'm just so concerned about this poor dude who's, who just, I mean, there are worse things that could happen to you when you're kidnapped than like having sex with Wonder Woman, but it's still kind of a bummer that they just don't <laughs> give a shit that they're taking the dude away from his family and job for a, a week and a half, you know, like what the fuck? Yeah, I, t- out of all the problems this movie has, that's not the one in the forefront of my mind. <laughs> Oh, there are you, there are articles all over the internet about it. People are really people are really taken aback by that storyline. And as soon as I started like thinking about it more and like hearing their their observations, I'm like, huh, that is really weird because it didn't have to be a plot line at all if they just have the magic rock give him a fucking body. But uh, so here's a plot element that I actually was expecting to see that, that they didn't talk about whatsoever. So the first movie. Yeah, it's been 70 years since World War One. So Diana at this point has pretty much seen all of her friends die of old age, you know? Yep. That would be that would be a big thing for her character because she's she's used to Themyscira where they're all immortal until they die in combat, essentially. Mm-hmm. Where was that? That's a layup of pathos. We you could just have had, had a, the the one picture, I believe. Yeah, they had on, the like, one, one picture of, of Edda. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck, dude? Because like that was one of my, like, uh, I-, I think you've seen it. Do you remember the the first Highlander film, where that's a long like a- time ago? But yes. So the first Highlander, uh, the main character is, is immortal, and it's a huge plot point where he is seeing his wife start to you know grow old, and she's aware of what he is. And they have this heartbreaking scene in the first Highlander that like, always gets me. She, uh, when she's in her. I think like like uh, I think she's like about forty. She cuts off a lock of her hair and she gives it to him, and he's like, and she says, "I want you to have a piece of me that will never change like you." And there's just so much pathos with people who can't die na- by natural causes. Watch people grow old and die around them, Shit, and that's they just did sitting. It, they did it better in fucking Civil War and, and Winter with, Soldier. With, yeah, with with Agent Carter. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I I have that in my in my notes on my phone that that made me think back to that too, and like. The, the Captain America sequels, 
do such a better job of granting the character pathos by letting him soak in the fact that it's obviously more of a culture shock to him because he's just been introduced to that situation but like that that scene with you know with him and uh and agent carter as she has like alzheimer's and you know barely recognizes him it's heartbreaking and that's just sitting there like they could have had a sequence with her and edda with edda being really old and at least acknowledge it but all you get is a picture on her mantle and it's like i don't get it and the one bit of character emotion they try to latch on to is her not getting over the fact that Chris Pine had died. And it's like, I, I get it. He was the first dude she'd ever, you know, fallen for. He's also but, the first dude she'd ever seen. But it's been 70 years. And and like uh, someone had pointed out to uh, Mark Bernard, because Mark Bernard has been having a lot of issues with this this movie on, on Twitter, too. And like someone had pointed out to him, which was, it was a fair point, too. It's kind of disrespectful to people who are in a similar situation that have like lost spouses because they, they make it out like, especially in a, in a feminist superhero movie, the fact that she can't move on because of the guy. Oof. That's, <laughs> that's not good. That like, that's something that I feel like Patty Jenkins should have acknowledged and, and been like, I, I don't think this is a good idea guys. Like, yeah. And it's just, and I'm glad that they were able to come up with a way to like if they if they really wanted to have Chris Pine back because they do have good chemistry together. But if this was the result, I think they they probably would have been better off just ditching this whole wishing thing because it feels like the wishing thing is just a plot contrivance just to have Chris Pine back. And as much as I love Chris Pine, maybe they should have just moved on and you know come up with a different storyline. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. As much as I liked having Chris Pine, and as much as I like him as Steve Trevor, um. It just brings up so many more problems to have to shoehorn him in. I I liked having him in it. You know, I'm not saying anything about that. I like. I thought he did a good job with the character. I mean, the pop tart scene made it worth it alone. Yeah, but everything I, I liked in this movie was between Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. I do, I do, I didn't do. actually like as much as I like Pedro Pascal. I didn't like his character. I thought he was doing his best, but his character was just written. So I, I liked him because of how much of a shit he was. Because I think Pedro Pascal made it fun for him to be a shit. Yeah. Because um, his character is such an over the top, like '90s superhero movie villain uh, that is trying to not be Lex Luthor, but also kind of a, like a dumb Lex Luthor. Yeah, I mean, I mean, technically, there is somewhat of a real estate scheme in play because they do have uh, Egyptian real estate that gets changed. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. Instead of real estate, you know, it's it's oil. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. He, uh, I, I, one okay, it, the first part of the movie, the first like third of the movie. I was trying to figure it out. Once I finally figured out that this movie was just a 90s superhero movie, I was like, okay. And I, I quit looking at it as hard, and I just kind of sat back and just let it go. And I and that's when I started liking it. Um, That's when I started liking Pedro Pascal. I was trying to figure out Pedro Pascal. I was trying to figure out, you know, okay, okay. We had a 20-minute triathlon or quadrathlon or quintathlon how many how many events did they have there's in their a triathlon there's a lot of athlons there's a lot of athlons and 
we had the whole cheating thing, and then it's like, well, trying to tie the cheating thing back in, which makes no sense. I was like, is it because she got her boyfriend back? Is that where she cheated? And when I, when I finally, just and she said, didn't even cheat it. intentionally. Yeah. She she cheats intentionally in the flashback. Yeah. She she didn't even know the stone was a thing when yeah. she wishes for Steve Trevor back. It makes no sense. It's so it's just one of those like, amateur fun like moments because you you do it because you know it'll never happen and then she bumps into Steve Trevor again. Yeah, it um, makes no sense. It's such so, bad writing. It it hurts know, me. Once I said fuck it and just let the movie do what movie gonna do, um, I started enjoying it a lot better. See, I but didn't hate. That th- does, I didn't that hate does this does not movie. Make it, that does not make it good. That I, the fact that I enjoyed it does not make it good, but I did enjoy it. It had well, the action scenes are not bad action scenes. You know that that highway fight with all the armored APCs driving around. The A and APC is armored. I don't know why I said that, but um, that I liked that scene because she's in the middle of losing her powers and she's still trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. She's web swinging around with the whip, the lasso. And loses her grip on it and falls, and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, yeah, I, I like most of the stuff with the the chase uh, sequence on the highway. It's just some of some of the bad CGI moments and awkwardly framed shots are in that chase, which kind of even took me out of. I couldn't even because like, but like, if I if I had watched this movie, looks good. That's the thing I don't understand. Her flying around looked good yeah. for the most part. If she's her on ground, looks like from shit. lightning bolt to lightning bolt. Yeah. looked good her on the ground skipping to the loo across the road did not look good at all her leaping looked as good as the first one that's the thing that did the strongest in the first one is her leaping and bounding from place to place was pretty good see but. i i didn't mind this movie really at all like i i, I was picking up on like some really just boring pacing issues and just how 90s it was and like when i was watching it like i i still i still don't hate this movie it's just such like a, a waste of time and such a wasted opportunity that it, it's a waste it, of it's a waste of the character yeah and it's like really the one time that they were going to be able to bullshit their way into having chris pine back and this is how you use that opportunity that's frustrating and, and we had the mandalorian in it and like the height of his popularity who who knew he would be as popular as he is right now back in 2017 yeah um when this movie was announced and if but, i had, if i had watched this like you did at right after watching the first movie i probably would have been actively hating this because I, I dislike it I dislike it much more after refreshing uh myself with like the the first movie again cuz like I think if I had seen this in theaters I would have walked out pissed the that that too the I think the, sitting I think sitting at home watching on a service I already pay for month to month um I I I didn't I didn't stand to lose anything I think uh, if you and such, I had gone to a, a $5 that, Tuesday that's such a cop out, though, for a filmmaking perspective. Like, yeah. be- because this wasn't intended to be that. This was intended to be their summer blockbuster. They're like, off this of. This is a billion the, dollar movie, uh, is what which this is, is supposed to have been. So, like, the one movie everyone liked out of their entire DC movie catalog of the recent movies was Wonder Woman. And you have shitty CGI and a magic wishing rock plotline for the sequel. <laughs> For the summer blockbuster, their biggest movie of the year, 
when their yep. Justice League franchise has collapsed and this is their flagship? What? Like, <laughs> I, I, it, it blows my mind. It, it literally blows my mind. And it's not Keep a terrible mind, movie. This is the character that had all the memes of her carrying, like, an unconscious Batman on one shoulder and an unconscious Superman on the other shoulder saying, I got this. Also, <laughs> like, also, also. And this is what we got. This movie had such bad cinematography. I looked it up oh, to see if they if they changed it. It's the same person. The first movie has such gorgeous shots. Like I get the feeling no one wanted to make this movie. I get yeah, it it's, it feels very because, phoned in. Because the fight scenes in this are just almost amateurish. It's almost like watching a Michael Bay action shot. You, you want to know what it is? Is it feels like a CW dc crossover it doesn't feel yeah. like an actual movie i can see that because like i was just watching the first movie today there's so many great shots like even outside of the the prototypical action sequences the shot of when steve trevor is uh stuck in the plane in the ocean and he's looking up and he sees the silhouette of diana yes. on the opposite side of the water is a gorgeous shot uh there's a really cool shot that's also when, a callback to a comic isn't it or something I, like yeah that? i believe i believe so um but yeah it was a really cool shot that's a great shot um when steve trevor uh has stolen the book from dr poison they have yes. this really cool shot where he's flying away and he he turns back around to take out some of their planes and he's dropping a bomb into one of their production facilities of the gases and like uh-huh. the, they have the shot of the the camera like fixed to the front of the plane as he goes like perpendicular to the ground as yeah. the explosion happens like left frame that's fucking cool and I just watched this movie and I was like, it, like you said, it's fucking amateur hour. It's, yeah. it's bad. No it one wanted so, to be there. It is no so one phoned wanted to be in. There. <laughs> and I just don't understand. Like of all yeah. the movies for them to phone in, dude, Aquaman has more vision than this. And I'm like, how did they have more, you know, like a desire to not phone it in on that movie than Wonder Woman, like the literal flagship of their studio right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so uh i'm trying to think of some some things i i did like uh i i liked uh i liked chris pine and gal gadot um i i think with the with the ending of the movie what are what are your thoughts on like where they take wonder woman for the third movie because the third movie has been greenlit at this point because this was a a, a big success for them on, on the streaming service just because of people not having anything else to do and they really dropped it on christmas where everyone's at home and we're you know looking to to either spend you know spend a uh, an evening with the family you know watching a movie together or you know people like myself that were social distancing and not with family it, it was a good you know escape you know to go get depressed by a shitty movie for three hours right so what do you think about what they do with the next one i don't have a goddamn clue i don't First either off, I'm, I'm not i'm not familiar enough with her and her villains um she has very to bad even villains. know where to take that uh, if it wasn't DC, I would say they need to start doing the team up route of just her and another and another hero that complements her abilities uh, side by side. But it's DC. I don't want them to do that. Um, and the only character that she had any chemistry with was Batman, and yes. that's not happening. Like no, that's that's over. They're that's they're no. <laughs> they're, they have moved on to the patents and Batman like completely separate universe. Like. Uh, yeah, 
I, I don't honestly have a clue where to take it next. Her most famous villain is fucking Cheetah, for Christ's sake. There's, yep. not much, there's not much you can do, because you saw how that worked out. They just ripped yep. off Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. They did it a thousand and times worse. Can we stop giving Kristen Wiig work, please? It's time for her to go. Yeah, I don't hate... She's never been good I don't in anything. Hate... She's never been funny in the time she's supposed to be funny. She's just Kristen Wiig, and no one cares. Although I don't... I don't really blame her because fucking Gary Oldman couldn't have acted his way out of some of the the plot in this movie. Like, although Gary bad. Oldman Cheetah would have been better. Gary Oldman Cheetah, yeah, that is that is a good. So here's another thing: is they, they have had, they fucked up Hot Girl yet? Hot Girl and, and Wonder Woman. That'd be kind of cool. Maybe I like uh, I like that, that idea. That was always a, in the Justice League cartoon. That was always a good team up. Oh, dude. See, now just thinking back to the way Wonder Woman is in that cartoon makes me dislike this movie a little bit more because, like, <laughs> fuck, Wonder Woman in that cartoon is a badass. Oh, I know. And, and it, was, it was probably, like, one of the things that makes it the most frustrating to me is it's 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 not fair to the actors, like, because this hasn't gone over well. Like, it was a quote-unquote success just because they were able to no, get the with, next movie with, green, green With lit, the exception but, of Kristen Wiig, everyone in this movie did the best that they could. Yeah, Kristen everyone Wiig just did showed up and got a check. Everyone she got something off the craft services table, but um, you know the other thing I was thinking about, Jeff. You and I tend to praise movies like any of the Avengers movies for very tactical use of the Avengers theme. I kind of wish they wouldn't do that with Wonder Woman. Uh, In that first movie, you hear that theme like five times. Like any time she's doing something, banana, 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 banana. Oh, oh, and yeah. That, that, yeah um, in in this movie, I was just like, if I at least had that, I would have that. You know? Like, yeah, it's, it's it's really it's really strange because uh, if it's I recall, there, it's there, but it's like slow and almost classical sounding in places. Like yeah. all the music is that theme. It's changing genres. Yes, um, I, I and I, only I, during the cheetah fight do you get the the heavy metal version. Which, yeah, which pissed me off because the heavy metal, like, intro is the best fucking, like, theme that anyone's come up with in the last ten years. And then and it came out of Batman versus Superman, dude. Yeah, and, and here's the thing that's really strange, too, because I, I researched this uh, because it, it's, it struck me the wrong way, too, because, like you said, it's the, the heavy metal guitar riff, or whatever it is, is only in the beginning of the Cheetah sequence. This movie is scored by Hans Zimmer. Yep. Who scored Batman v Superman with Junkie yep. XL and created the fucking theme song? Yep. So if anyone should be like wanting to, you know, overuse, and, and I don't even think it can be overused because how badass it is. Like every time it's used in the first movie, I'm jazzed and want to like go start a bar fight, dude, because it's such a badass <laughs> theme song. And it's like the the classical subdued representation of it is kind of cool, but. It, it was like the main theme of the movie, and that's just, it's not as impactful. It's not her yeah. theme. And Mm-mm. they didn't even redo it in an 80s themed nope. thing. Do you to know how cool that could have been? Yeah, Dude, it could have been like. Give me synthesizer Wonder Woman theme from Batman yeah. vs. Superman just to hear it. Because, like, that makes more fucking sense than what they did. They made like 17 different orchestral versions of it. I don't want that. I want nope. the fucking heavy metal theme because it's badass. Why yeah. are you fucking with my theme, dude, dude? Anytime I hear it, I have the image in my head 
of them taking that piece of armor plating, launching her into air into the air, and she goes in, into that tower where the sniper is like a fucking cannonball. Yeah. And her impact just blows the entire top of the top it's half so of the church good. off. It's so good. And, and, and then in this, I got like slow violin in places of it. It's so badass too that sequence when she busts into one of the buildings and starts fighting the dudes, and bef- the second before they kick in the music, they just like zoom in on her face with this like really pissed off look, and then it like nah, 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 and it was like yes, Dude, it's there's awesome. a moment in the first movie I think I think we're talking about the same thing. It kicks in as she like skids across the floor yes, on that's her that shield. Sequence. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's one of the sequences. The, yeah. The only thing touching the ground is the shield, and the only thing touching the shield is her arm, and the rest of her is in the air. Yeah. And it is fucking amazing. So Rupert Gregson Williams is the guy who scored the first movie, and I love me some Hans Zimmer. Bring Rupert Gregson Williams back, because also, I like the rest of the score in the first movie, too. The song yep. playing during the No Man's Land sequence is very oh good, too. God. It's very emotional, and it, it matches it, the scene perfectly. It's at least a third to maybe even a half of the reason why that scene is so impactful. It's it's fantastic. And it's like, even fucking Hans Zimmer phoned in this movie. And I'm just like, come yep. on. Why does this movie even exist if it's just so lazy in every regard? It's shot poorly. It's obviously written poorly. The only w- people who brought their A game were the actors. And I feel so bad when that happens. I feel the same way I did with the, the last season of Game of Thrones. Because like yes. all the actors are working their ass off and they were just handed shit on the on the page and it's like yeah. it's so disrespectful to your actors and, and then the actors end up being the focal point and take the brunt when the movie is bad because when people on twitter i'm sure were complaining about this movie they were complaining mostly probably to the actors because they're the face of the movie right. outside of the Literally. director but you know the actors get the, the biggest like uh brunt of the 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 lash uh you know back against it and it's just like jesus dude it's it just sucks it's really disappointing i'm I'm more disappointed than i am angry just because <laughs> i'm not angry i'm just i'm just disappointed yeah <laughs> yeah you went, you went full mom voice with it i did i did yeah well wow. so yeah i don't think i think i'm about uh listen young lady i'm not angry i'm just disappointed, <laughs> I'm just disappointed. Yeah, uh, I, I think that was that's pretty much all I've got. Did you have any other any other tidbits? Anything else we we didn't bitch about when it comes to this movie? No, not really. Like I said, the the things I like, I really really liked uh, turning off my brain and just letting the movie do what it was gonna do. Realizing it's a '90s film, not a fucking 2020 film. Um. You know, I can't do I, I that. Feel, I feel I feel like everyone but Marvel is stuck in like thirty years ago superhero movies. See, I I just I, and, I can't I can't turn my brain off and and like lower my expectations of it. If I had never seen the first film, maybe. But fuck that first movie is so good. I the have first movie I, is so good. I have high expectations, and I should because they set the bar high and they fucking phoned in the second movie. Um, and here's the here's the thing too. Here's a thing I think DC needs to actually start actively doing. You need to approach these films the way they approached the the new Robert Pattinson Batman movie. You need yes. to approach a director who's obviously passionate about the material and has a take on it instead of hey, what are, what is Jeff Johns doing because he's he's in the the fucking like room down the hallway and he's he's a name in, in the company. I think part of the reason this first Wonder Woman movie was so good was because it was in development hell for so long and because they had 20 different fucking variations of a script going around where they had a lot of time 
to to work on the script and polish it. The first movie is very polished um, from a, a script pers- uh, perspective. Uh, and uh, the first movie, by the way, just so we, we've talked about it so much, uh, screenplay by Alan Heinberg off of a story by Jason Fuchs, uh, Alan Heinberg, and Zack Snyder. And like the storyline of the first movie and its screenplay are so so dramatically better that I hope they start taking that approach of pull a fucking uh, Marvel. Like Marvel has a little like writer's room, you know, the script that ended up being guardians of the galaxy was from their, the writer's room. They have, they have like this little like weird, almost like it's almost like a writing camp where they have people yeah. come in and they have them take, uh, so what you're going to do is you're going to spend a year. You're going to take a crack at, uh, this is, you know, retrospectively, you know, looking at it, but, this person is going to take a crack at Guardians 1. This person is going to take a crack at Black Panther. And they've gotten some really great material out of that because they become passion projects for these people because it's kind of like their one shot. Like the guy who wrote the first Wonder Woman, Alan Heinberg, was from Tulsa. Uh, like, oh, really? Yeah, he was born in Tulsa. So a dude from Tulsa had a passion project to write this really great Wonder Woman script, and it shows Jeff Johns and Patty Jenkins couldn't have given less of a shit about the second of uh, the sequel script and it shows you know so give yeah. it to people who actually care about it yeah uh how does this impact your excitement over the rogue squadron movie being helmed by patty jenkins i would kind of like to since you brought it up research more because if she was brought in halfway through the script's production and they were kind of you know stuck between a rock and a hard place i would have more i don't think it was that late but i I feel like it was like a couple months later at least before we heard oh hey by the way patty jenkins is coming back if she had two and a half years i remember like hollywood babylon and i remember like all of the the entertainment podcasts just being like cool cool wonder woman 2 but you know it's funny no one's talking about patty jenkins where is she and then we find out that oh no uh, now she's on board they've worked out like a three another two movies or something she was only on for the first one like haha our bad she's back and uh, that's the way i remember it but it's been three years because if she hadn't written it at all I would consider this a complete script fluke and I wouldn't blame her at all because as a director, there's only so much you can do if the script is complete shit. Uh, the fact that she has story credit worries me a little bit, but at this point she made it a great movie. She helped make a mediocre movie. So we're kind of, I, I'm not like, it's, it's, it's fucking star Wars. I'm going to watch it, but it does hamper my, uh, my temper, my excitement a little bit. So yeah, it does me too. Cause Watching that first one, I was like, God, like the way action is handled in this, the way everything is handled in this is all I could ever want from a Rogue Squadron movie. Yeah. And I watched the second one, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, on, on the bright side, it's probably not going to be Kristen Wig Cheetah in Star Wars. So we have that going for us. Oh, my God. That's pretty bad. I don't even hate Kristen Wig, but like, fuck. What a shitty character. I let Kevin Smith talk me into it maybe okay, and I'm not listening to Kevin Smith's stoned opinions. What are we talking about? I don't like Kristen Wiig. I don't think she's good at her job. I don't think she's ever been good once. I don't think she's ever been funny once. Did you ever watch the anything. Ghostbusters with her in it? I never Hell watched it. Hell no. She's I the main reason it. I didn't go watch it besides the fact that 
that movie shouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, on like Hollywood Babylon, Ralph Garman was just kind of like, really? Kristen Wiig is Cheetah? And he's like, I don't know, man. She can do drama and stuff, too. So let her be a villain. And he just went into this big old long thing about Kristen Wiig. And I was just like, I don't know. And then I watched the the movie finally came out. That's, all, that's on you. Like, I was like, that's... Mm. That's that's on you for believing anything because Kevin Smith can't be negative about anything, period. He's just he just because like the most optimistic person yeah. I've ever Which listened to. I, I love that about him, but when it comes to like film criticism, it's, it makes his opinions completely worthless because like <laughs> I, I I watched um uh one thing I strongly urge anyone who liked this movie or didn't like it reg- regardless if you watch the movie, I recommend people go and check out Mar Bernardin. He's the co-host on one of Kevin Smith's uh, YouTube sh- uh, shows now. He did a pitch of what he would have changed about the this, the Wonder Woman sequel that is is fantastic. And he in the, in the span of five minutes, he literally writes a better movie. And it's just like, God damn it! If I was if I was Warner Brothers, and I saw that, Marvin Arder would have had an office as a fucking at least a consultant like the very next day because it's such it's just a great revamp of it that it really would have fixed a lot of the problems and. I just wish we lived in a world where DC characters could get as much love as Marvels do. Because, like, how the fuck did Guardians of the Galaxy get more love than, like, some of the main Wonder Woman characters, you know? It's kind of fucked oh, you up. Mean, you mean the movie with the talking raccoon in the tree? Yeah, the talking raccoon in the tree almost makes me cry every time <laughs> with that fucking I Am Groot sequence. But the uh, second Wonder Woman movie we makes me want to, like... Groot. Yeah, make the, this this uh, WWE four just makes me want to like turn off my TV. It's sad day, sad day. But yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna call it on that. Uh, so if you have listened to us thus far, I apologize. We don't usually rant this much because usually we're covering stuff we like, or at least one of us likes. This was kind of a weird one off thing. We just wanted to talk about WWE four because like it or not, you know, it is interesting to talk about to kind of examine where shit went wrong and like hypothesize. About you know where it could go in the future. We also didn't just get to say, "Oh, this is finally our chance to be negative about something." It was yeah. just we've been looking forward to this movie for three years, yeah. and we were both bummed out that we had to watch it at home. I'm kind of glad I did. I think that leans into my part of liking it as much as I did, um, as I think I would have been angry walking out of a movie theater had I seen it. In a had movie you gone theater. out of your way? Had I gone out of my way to drive thirty, 30 miles and pay money yeah. <laughs> to go? To go see it as a magic opposed to wishing streaming rock. service I already had. Magic wishing rock. Here's my $12 ticket. Let's go. <laughs> I wish I had that rock so I could get out of this theater. <laughs> but, I will but, never but, be but, as pissed off at anything as I was Batman versus Superman when I left that theater. Though. Oof. Yeah, that was, that was bad. You know what was the, good about it, though? It used the fucking Wonder Woman theme. You know? Oh, God. Dude, we that's when that. that movie picks up. Is when she shows up. Yeah, and I was like, "Where was this movie?" Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if you uh, would like to check us out more, please follow us over on Twitter for show updates and uh, some of the Twitter that's now ends. being used. Do what? The Twitter that's now being used. I saw. Yeah, yeah. I've been active on the Twitter now. Finally, after we realized no one had been using it for two months. <laughs> <We> realized. <laughs> uh, it's it's on Twitter at SPR Filmcast. 
and uh yeah you can subscribe to us on spotify itunes all those things if you want to check us out more uh what movie are we back with this next upcoming week ron is your pick next it's, it was uh, hollywood homicide hollywood homicide so yeah you still have a little bit of time to go check that out uh if you care about spoilers because we do go into full in-depth on all of the movies we cover uh we'll probably eventually uh i imagine these little mini episodes will become more of a thing once uh lockdown eventually ends and we actually get to you know go check out movies again like more modern movies because like i feel like if this podcast had existed before lockdown we would have come uh come back from having seen something like knives out or the lighthouse and we're like we have mm-hmm. to talk about this movie we have to talk about it and you know it's just like an hour or so to, to squeeze it in so it's fun to just you know shoot the shit about extra stuff and more modern stuff so yeah check us out and we appreciate your bliss uh for listening